I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities, eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Hello everyone. Salam. Welcome to another interesting episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. Greeting you from Manila. And today I'm here with my co-host, Ayesa. Hi, Amina. Hi, everybody. Good to be back in She Talks Peace. I'm sorry I've missed a lot of episodes, but I've been listening and uh, a lot of the episodes are really very exciting, Amina. They should make you happy because I've done nothing but watch what's going on in, in the world uh, this past uh, day. And I caught uh, news coming from the United States uh, talking about, it's like um, green burials. So it's becoming a thing where if you want your earthly body to nurture a life, you go to this um, these groups and you get buried in an area where either there's a forest or they'll plant mm-hmm. a tree, yeah. and then your body nurtures life. And it seems like it's becoming a thing. So it's not uh, like uh, you know all all graves, but mm-hmm. you know, after maybe ten twenty years, you've got uh, you've got a forest, but. Um, I guess that's the only positive news that uh, <laughs> I saw this last uh, this last day. Uh, the, the rest are really sad and and so terrible, including the news um, last week about Sudan. You read that, right? Mm-hmm. Protesters yes, were harassed yes. by the military as they marched to the presidential palace in in Khartoum. Yeah, but then. Uh... Hopefully, our guest today will at least give us some hope, more good news, especially knowing that she has been uh, one of the pillars of peace building in her country in Sudan. Yeah, I, re- I really hope so. But um, when, when I was looking at uh, all of the, the, the information coming out of uh, Sudan, it seems like 
you know, there was a revolution uh, December 2018, and since then, uh, after they they toppled, uh, well, essentially a dictator, so many things have have happened. And our guest um, used to be extremely positive about democratic mm-hmm. changes and uh, you know supporting. Uh, the empowerment of women, women's political partic- uh, participation. But after this last, the events over the last week, it would be interesting to find out um, how our guest thinks um, about the changes. Uh, is the role of women, uh, does it continue to, to be tremendous? I mean, up to now, they're at the forefront of protests. They're still participating in negotiations. But I really wonder, and I'm glad that our guest today is uh, none other than uh, our friend Enas Musamel, who is a Sudanese development practitioner and civil society activist. And she has worked with uh, various UN and international agencies focused on governance, Gendered peace building and advocacy. She sounds like you, actually, Ayesa. <laughs> and since 2017, Enas founded the Sudanese Female Cyclist Initiative. I have to beg off on, on that initiative uh, after I <laughs> broke my elbow on a cycling uh, uh, event with my family. I've stopped. I've stopped cycling. I think Enas is going to be upset with me. But this initiative of hers promotes uh, women's participation uh, in Sudan in outdoor sports and access to uh, public spaces. And she's a very outspoken supporter of the Sudanese pro-democracy movement in national and international media and has been actively involved in the Sudanese uprising since December 2018. and. Enas, like me, is a member of the Women's Alliance for Security Leadership. She's also executive director of Madania, an organization that she co-founded in 2019. Welcome to She Talks Peace, Enas. Thank you for accepting our invitation, Enas. It's nice. It's my pleasure to be here and also to to communicate, uh, you know, our... Uh, What's, what's going on in Sudan and the situation and also to talk uh, on behalf of many women and also some other Sudanese citizens, you know, and to uh, reflect what happened and how are things going in Sudan. I, I have a sneaky feeling that Enas accepted our invitation so that she could have a one-hour rest from protesting. <laughs> Because it's so difficult <laughs> to her, she was always at the at the front lines. So, mm-hmm. so Anna, sure. tell me, uh, apart from starting yeah. the Sudanese Female Cyclists Initiative, and you're shown in your Instagram and Twitter profile pictures with your bicycle, can you tell us why Sudanese Female Cyclist Initiative in us? Yeah, the female, the Sudanese female cycling initiative. It's just it was an an idea came out of my personal interest in cycling. So it started that I traveled to the Netherlands in uh, 
in 2014, between 14 and 16, I used to do some work and studies there. Yeah, then I came with the idea that when I came to Sudan, I thought, oh, those women in Holland are so free using these uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. millions of bicycles. Right. Let me try myself. So when I tried myself the first time, I realized that uh, my action attracted other ladies just to join and to see. And from that time, we were like, I was an only person, then with three, four, five, and then it became like a movement that uh, promoting the, you know, the activities of women outdoors because we are a very traditional, uh, strict, conservative country, Sudan, mm. where women uh, movement, activities, even the type of sport they do is, is something that has to do with the society, whether they accept or not the people in the society. So I thought this cycling has, has to do with many things, it has to do with clean environment, the contribution uh, you know, of women to clean environment it has to do with breaking these social barriers and also challenging the traditional mentalities. It has to do with health and women mobility. It has to do with also econo- economic uh, situation yeah. of women where they move from a place to another. Although it's not easy really with the poor infrastructure in Sudan after all these political unrest and problems with the infrastructure in Sudan and the climate because we are one of the hottest countries uh, on earth, like the temperature between March and, and, and July goes up to 45, 47. So it's, uh, it's not easy, but still it's an activity where women come together, uh, do other activity, like in October, we were celebrating or we were also raising awareness on the pink October breast cancer. Soon we are going to be part of the 16 days of activism to end violence against women, women uh, environment, like um, women national uh, international day, um, inv- international environment day, or disability, or because we have different, you know, uh, women like uh, they are part students, girls with disability, young, older generation, little girls. So the movement it's about you know. It's about a lot of things in one thing. So the, the bike is not about only bike. And freedom. And uh, Emma, it, it, it gives you a feeling of power that you're mobile. You can go where you want. And that sense of empowerment must be so attractive to young students' worlds. Yeah. Definitely. That it's, 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 it's a human rights project, women's rights project. And as can I ask you, how often do you organize this bike event? And how many women are involved? Uh, we are meeting every Wednesday. In fact, today is the our okay. day. So after work between 4 until uh, like 7 or 8 okay. at one of the biggest the big park in uh, Kurtu where we have some one cycling lane because we don't have cycling lanes uh, in Sudan. So it's the place where we meet. So it's once a week where we do uh, this is like the regular uh, activities. And then from time to time, we do like a big thing where we um, move from street or locality to another. So it's, um, it's, it's a weekly activity. Enas, do you, do you ride your bikes when you go to the demonstration? Um, it's not easy with the tear gas and the bullets. Yeah, yeah. And we walk because it's... Uh, um, 
if I fall, it's going to be a bit of a problem because, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, sometimes, some few times that I did. And, um, yeah, Aisha, we were asking about the, the number. So we started this few. We have a core number of 50, 60 ladies, okay. and we have, uh, like, a group, WhatsApp group. But the movement and the ladies who registers, I think, more than 700 or 1,000 or so. How about the age group? What is the youngest number? Um, mainly, mainly the young age uh, or, okay, the, the youth. So the age between, you know, the university age, like 19 until. And then, you know, we have also like uh, a bit of older generation within the young ladies, which is between 20 to 35. This is the main. Then we have members younger and also older. Okay. We, we will not be part of that group. But we will be part of the group that goes with you to demonstrate. So, Anna, tell us, please, um, can you explain what's going on? What has been described as the coup that halted the country's transition towards uh, democracy? What's that all about, Anas? Yeah, you know, after, I mean, in Sudan since 1989, um, we are, were under the, the, the Muslim, Islamist um, um, military government. And, um, you know, the political parties, the people who were struggling over those 30 years. And in 2018, many times that people tried to kick uh, the dictators in 2013. It was like a beginning of revolution, but it failed because of the, of the violence and killing people, torturing them. Then in 16, then between 16 to 18, where people managed to organize themselves. And in um, April 2019, that we, Omar al-Bashir, after 30 years, uh, yeah, he was overthrown um, after a, a very famous and big sitting next to the army headquarters in Khartoum. And this was an effort of... Um, um, resistance committees in Sudan, the young guys, the, 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 um, uh, the professional associations, the political parties, the women activists and women groups, and everyone was uh, protesting for many months from 18 to 19. And uh, yeah, but um, then in, in 2018, July, a political agreement happened between um, the military and the civilian and a big coalition called the Forces of Freedom and Change, and it was the biggest co political coalition that happened ever in Sudan. But the problem, you know, all these consequences, all these uh, fragile, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, stability, and also the state was very weak, so the agreement was not the, the best. So we came up with something called the Constitutional Declaration, mm -hmm. and that was the phase of the three or two and a half years of um transitional period where we got uh, a technocrat uh, uh, group, uh, prime minister, but the problem, it was an executive body, but the legislative, the parliament and also the uh, the judiciary were still under the, 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 the previous uh, regime, the control. And we didn't have, of course, um, um, a legislative council. So it was an executive body that um, they were, really targeted by what we call it the uh, deep state 
Mm. So the deep state uh, where those Islamists and uh, old regime people are hiding in each corner targeting. So the job of the transitional uh, period government was really tough. And then in, in October 2021, where the military coup happened and they took over again, and this is the one-year struggle now that every week, twice a week, we are on the street trying to kick them, but of course the, the violence, the, you know, a lot of things against us, but we feel like it's it will come because people are very stubborn. Uh, we are just protesting. And of course, there are three things happening at the same time. We have the UN mission for supporting transitional, uh, uh, how to say, like a process in Sudan, the UNITAMS, they are leading the the negotiation and the political, uh, political, uh, you know, uh, negotiation. And as the UN, the UN is leading um, the, the negotiations, or, or, or they are coordinating and mediating between the military and uh, the civil forces. And you're and optimistic. Course, you're optimistic, Enas, because uh, sometimes I really think optimistic. you're a little down. So you go out into the streets and protest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there are three, three, um, three uh, pillars or three parts of the of the change that have happened in Sudan. So the, this political solution, also the the protest, um, yeah, and the and the protest, um, and then yeah, the the international community pressure because Sudan is uh, is um, in a terrible situation with geopolitics. Uh, we have Russia, we have China, we have the Gulf, the Emirates, we have the. Um, the the you know Turkey all those um, supporters of Islamists and dictators so the only pressure on them that can come from the international community so so we are trying to those three things but of course I'm part of the street so we are the one just putting pressure every day telling the government that uh, we cannot uh, no we don't accept you and you cannot um, uh, rule us by uh, by force yes sir. When when she said that she belongs to the street, it brought back to mind street parliamentarians. <laughs> Remember people power, <laughs> right, Ayesa? Yes, exactly, exactly. So Emma's is really unstoppable because she is not only in one <laughs> place, but you know all three. Yeah, it also somehow reminds me that you know this. It's only now actually that I've been made aware that this protest continues on a weekly basis. But how do you keep it yeah. up in us? How do you keep it up? Because in our countries, I think we are more like reactive. We don't do regular protests. You know, it's only sometimes when we, we feel that, you know, there is really a need for it. So how about it in, in your uh, situation? How do you keep yeah, up the regularity? Continues in Sudan because of... Uh because the dictators and the military are there. So it's the only way that to, tell, to, sh to show and to tell them clearly that uh, we don't want you. We cannot, I mean, we, yeah. And of course, to keep it alive, this uh, protest, it's um, the body that is leading the organizing the protest is called the resistance committees. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a peaceful resistance movement started in Sudan since 20, I think, um, uh, 12 or 2012, 2000, uh, yeah, between 2009 and 2012, but it uh, became strong and organized during the 
recent revolution after 2018-19. And also, and yes, are, you, are you part of the resistance committee? I'm a supporter, like myself, I support the resistance committee of my neighborhood, of my area, many of my friends, but because I'm engaged in other things, you know, the civil society, I'm also like, you know, I'm part of the, like, we push this effort of um, international community by also, you know, communicating and talking, being part. Next week, I'm going to be in Germany also to talk to the German government and the Mm. parliament. At the German Parliament about the case of the um, SGBV, especially the FGM here in Sudan, because we are one of the countries that we have the highest rate of FGM worldwide. So, you know, um, and because I'm busy with that, but uh, of course, once we are on the street, we all are part of the resistance movement and we are part of the resistance movement. How how this the resistance committee and, and your group? The cyclist initiative. How do you communicate with you know with your network? Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. Uh, is social media very active in in Sudan? Yeah, social media and the internet. Although the government is using it as a weapon, to, yeah. you know, yeah, the the internet and also electricity. So the day of the big protest, like on the twenty fifth of uh, October, so we woke up with no internet, no electricity, nothing, nothing, and even the communication through the phone. They, uh, yeah. Was it was stopped and um, and that's really yes. But the internet and um, you can see if you go um, to the Facebook or Instagram, then you see our biking. That's how we communicate with people because it's uh, yeah. Uh, and also sometimes the radio. That's the only uh, efficient uh, way. Uh, it, you know, like um, the tool for the traditional like traditional media. But um, yeah, that people listen sometimes when they drive their cars or when they're sitting home or so. But the WhatsApp and uh, Facebook is the really the Sudanese they they like to use it, and it's easy to just communicate with the ten thousand persons mm-hmm. just uh-huh. through okay. the through messaging yeah. or posting or one photo or uh, all these things. Maybe just for the benefit of our viewers, especially uh, those first-time uh, viewers, just because uh, earlier Enas uttered, you know, some acronyms SGBV. So SGBV is sexual and gender-based violence, and then she also mentioned about FGM, female uh, genital mutilation, and Enas mentioned earlier that Sudan has one of the highest incidences or cases of FGM, this female genital mutilation. Can you tell us, Enas, what drives FGM in Sudan? Why is that that, you know, 
Sudanese people continue to practice this female genital mutilation? Uh, first of all, it's the traditional mentality that it um, uh, the girls will be clean if they you know if they went through this process. Uh, also, it has to do with the um, uh, misunderstanding and misinterpretation of the religion thing because they think that. Uh, this happened during the time of Prophet Muhammad, this and this, and there's a Sunni type of, of FGM and so. And um, also it has to do with um, um, this uh, patriarchal system and the idea of controlling the desire of, uh, of the females. And also it has to do with this, um, you know, patriarchal system even within the families where the mom and the dad they have to decide for this little girl what will happen to her body so it's it's a combination of, of different things and of course it's supported by uh, by the system yeah. Yeah, and we are struggling like um, during the transition one of the achievement of the transitional government was the that including um, considering it as a crime in the Sudan criminal uh, law but the problem how to implement. Yeah. Since the father and the mom are the one who's doing it. And in our very complicated legal system, you cannot take the parents to court. Oh my goodness. You really have to make sure that your 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 pro-democracy uh, activities to support transition really, really works. Because you know, Anas, the, the first time I heard about uh, female genital uh, mutilation. I was already in college and I was shocked. I was really shocked uh, hearing about that there was a study that was done about this happening in Africa because in the Philippines and in Southeast Asia, Muslim communities don't, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not a thing. So we, we couldn't understand why, why this was happening. Now you've, gotten, uh, you've given us some um, uh, important information. Patriarchy really can be absolutely devastating uh, at times yeah yeah and the consequences are really tough on uh, the future and uh, you know the problem with the deli during the delivery uh, the problem of the pain during their monthly periods i mean they really suffer Mm -hmm. um and it's um, it's and this suffer is not really recognized by them yeah they think it's just something that you know, they should deal with it and yeah and sometimes even if you are not um, circumcised, then after marriage, some of the husband, they ask for it. What? During the marriage, yeah, like when the girl is prepared in some local, uh, some traditional um, so societies. Oh, my so they goodness. ask, they say, or to the, to the. To the woman or to the midwife who is yeah. doing mainly the midwives. Yeah. They are the ones who are practicing this, yeah. not the medical but and it's not allowed by, but it also has to do with another problem, which is the low income of those women. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. make money yeah. from this practice. And it's very painful because I don't suppose they go to a hospital to do that. They get some local you know, healer and to do it for you. But you know, Enas, I remember when I was young, we, we did have in, in my, my tribe, essentially, we did have a ritual for female circumcision, but it was a ritual with prayers. Uh, and my grandmother led that, the, the prayers, essentially praying for you know, your, 
your purity and uh, and so on and so forth. But nothing ever physical. Oh my goodness, Enas, you have so much on your plates. Not only protesting against the uh, pro-authoritarian mm-hmm. tendencies of uh, people who are in power, but you know, protecting the rights of women and girls. The system is very controlling and patriarchal. I mean, I'm going out now, so I was looking at my clothes based on where I'm going that I have to pick my clothes. Shall I cover completely oh. or shall I do this? Oh, if I only go to work, I can use a small scarf. But if it's a going to a government place, which I'm going to do today, mm-hmm. to do some uh, some papers related to our organization, mm-hmm. then I, I thought, oh, no jeans. It has to be a long skirt. So it's like we are really like um, dealing with this, with the consequences of this uh, traditional patriarchal system, even at the very personal level mm-hmm. that you have to uh, yeah, to consider and to think about all the details, the way you said, from the very early age, the way you talk, the way you laugh, where to go, the movement of women in Sudan, even within very modern societies or educated families, mm-hmm. still the woman has, I mean, we are under guardianship and under this wilaya in Islam, you know, like uh, some man or a woman, sometimes the moms mm-hmm. or the father is not here, then the mom will play the role of the of the father. Really? To the really? Girls. So yeah. even the moms have been brainwashed? Of course. And girls, some of the girls, they are defending these uh, things. And uh, I mean, the generation of the girls, uh, of the women, the young women who are, their girls are going through the FGM mm-hmm. are from the, you know, they in the 90s or early 2000 or something. So imagine 25 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. old, the mom, uh, she believe in uh, such uh, practice. That's okay, never that's, going that's to happen in Sabah, right? Mal- yeah. Yeah, yes, not going to happen <laughs> well, According to reports, yeah, FGM also does happen in Malaysia, but it's a very small number. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a small number, uh, and it's not something that is well accepted, you know, by the the majority of the Muslims. You know? So I, I guess it it benefits us that Malaysia, despite that. Islam, the, the religion has a special position in the Malaysian uh, constitution. You know, we actually have the, the constitution itself honors and recognizes the diversity of religion and cultures. So that makes us, that makes Malaysia actually a very diverse society. And even in terms of cultural norms and traditions. So in a way that has really helped the country a lot in being, you know, very progressive. And transitioning to modernity and all that, yeah. So I cannot yeah. imagine living in Sudan now. <laughs> yeah, and I was, that we I are was so used to thinking, so much freedom in Malaysia. You know, Khartoum is is such an exotic uh, place. I've always wanted to to see Khartoum after I saw the old movie. Do you remember that old movie Khartoum? So I've had this image in my mind about what Khartoum is like. But uh, I was I was going to ask you, Enas. So with with all of these things that are happening, how 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 is women's participation in uh, in Sudan? Um, has it improved a bit? 
uh, is it on the downslide? What's what's happening with women's participation? Mm, the women political participation was uh, a bit of a disappointment, uh, mm. especially during the the transitional government, because the revolution um, uh, was. It was a remarkable contribution of women and participation. Even the icon of the revolution was Allah Salah, which is a girl who's, who's on the top of a car, you know, singing. And yeah, and it was in an international news. And women thought that after um, getting rid of the, uh, you know, the dictator and all these uh, things, then their situation will be improved. But of course, we realized that, and it was. It was logical that uh, changing the political system and uh, getting rid of a dictatorship, that doesn't mean that uh, socially and the mentality, traditional mentality and the patriarchal system mm -hmm. will just change over a night. So when it came to the, uh, to the you know, for the formation of the executive body and uh, the government, it was a big disappointment where women from political parties and from the active political groups struggled to get the 30%. And uh, it was kind of representation and not participation. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that uh, that's was, uh, was a problem. And then yeah, the, the problem, it uh, continued that women cannot um, reach the decision-making positions in Sudan because the social system the legal system and the source of legislation in the country does not support that. Perhaps, Enas, um, the next step for you is to put together a campaign for women to run. And maybe Enas <laughs> could run. What do you think? I With yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And a lot of, uh, a lot of things, I mean, even the way people look at you when you do something that is according to them and to their eyes this is uh, something new and not and not normal it's uh, it's a struggle like me even when when it's wednesday and i try to get my bike here out of the mm -hmm. neighborhood and all those men the way they talk the way they look and it's it's, it's a struggle so because you don't feel comfortable you feel like you're under you know under focus and targeted by these mentalities mm. so the social media it's very good help us help us to and it's still helping us to promote and to communicate with the outside world with the, or among mm. ourselves but at the same time these um, um you know uh, cyber bullying and um, the way that those nasty and difficult sometimes comments accusing you of yeah. being this and yeah, yeah. Catholic, um, you know all yeah, this yeah. kind of our tradition this is and as let us imagine that we we are in front of a genie and the genie can give us three wishes he wishes that you can um, you can tell the genie, you know how what will be your three wishes, you know for um, one of them. One of them would country. be an electric bicycle. <laughs> uh. Any three wishes for for a genie? What is it that you wish for? Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a list. <laughs> top three. Top but three. Thing, yeah, the main thing that um, yeah, like. Uh, uh, maybe like uh, everything that has to do with our this program, which is peace, peace to the whole world and peace to um, to Sudan and to, to the women of Sudan. 
and um, and then like um, also I would like because sometimes they feel um, you know disappointed you feel depressed and so so I, f I wish all the women who are making change in the world to get the strength the confidence and also the yeah this um, like the inner peace and also the the, the to do their job uh, yeah last wish last wish Enes because I come from this um, before I, I I joined the civil society I'm a, someone from the humanitarian field and I worked for UNDP and all those organizations I really wish for the people that their voices could not be here to to be able to hear and to be up to be heard and also to communicate their message and uh, yeah their situation is improved I'm, I'm very Uh, you know, uh, not affected, but uh, very emotional about meeting with some girls with disabilities that they told me some stories. So I wish more, like, uh, you know, uh, humane and uh, this humanity to be improved a little bit and people will take each other, you know, not even serious, but also to look at their this basic human rights thing. Okay. Of which is complicated. <laughs> That's why Enas is a, is a role model in Sudan because my first yeah, yeah, wish yeah. would have been for an electric bicycle. <laughs> yeah, and also for women, it's another one. I'm allowed to give a fourth one for the bicycle. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. All the women in Sudan using bicycles. There and, you go. Uh, those men and those men, Ginny will make those men don't see it, they don't see it. This. We move with our bikes without any control. And finally, uh, because we're running out of time, uh, given given the trends that you're seeing in us, even in the United States, you know, you're supposed to be the, the the center of democracy, the birthplace of democracy. There, there's a move towards authoritarianism. So, can you share? some words of advice for young women, young men, old women, old men who may be listening to us, who are also going up against oppressive and undemocratic regimes. What would you be your advice to them? Okay, my advice, the first one, um, it's, it will come from the, you know, the inspiration from my, from my country, that people should find ways to work together especially young people and that's the struggle in Sudan I just forgot to mention that in Sudan it's not only about the dictatorship but also the division within the civil and uh, civilian like movement and even the pro-democracy movement even uh, some problems some mistrust some problems between resistance committees political parties women movement the women movement in Sudan is so divided So I'm always busy with um, this idea of people should find ways to, uh, you know, to have more of a, a positive vision and to, to, to create ways to work together and also overcome those uh, challenges and the, the disagreements because it's normal that we can disagree and we have different views, but we will also have to work together. This is really something that... Uh, something that's very important in the countries with a situation like Sudan and with the stability because the enemies invest a lot of effort and time to make divisions between people and make them disagree. Um, yeah, and also like, um, yeah, people should 
believe in their abilities in their um you know like um uh, that they can if you want to do something you can do it mm-hmm. just uh, in the right time the right uh, tool or the right approach to do it and if this fail try another one if this fail try another one um so the solidarity and um uh, within and among the the groups is very important that's really the thing that i would advise the the people who are listening to us especially the young people yeah think positive um, don't look behind just look uh, forward thank you so much anas for your words of wisdom and for uh, joining us today in in she talks peace dear listeners if by any chance you would like to send a wish or a commitment for a bicycle <laughs> questions comments or thoughts for enas uh, as she continues to work in sudan do send us an email at shetalkspeacepodcast@gmail.com let me repeat that shetalkspeacepodcast@gmail.com so thanks so much uh, enas She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. the hosts of the program or other programs of the network any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group club organization company individual or anyone or anything even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.